seated in the Lord's presence. Well, we are coming down to a close of our Arise and Build series, and which has been really structured around our capital campaign. And so we have been taking a look at the life of Nehemiah, is an amazing man, a great leader. And I've said before, if you want to learn anything about leadership, you want to take a look at the man, Nehemiah. He was a cupbearer to the king. He's a Jew, and he was one of those that were uh, pretty much brought over to Babylon, where he ended up serving the king. The whole nation just about of Israel was kicked out of their land, and some of them still stayed there, but... Uh, they were basically kicked out of their land, and uh, then the Babylonians took over, and the walls got burned down. The city was ruined, and the people that were left there were under oppression. And then Nehemiah got a word. He was just inquiring about the well-being of his people. And when he inquired about the well-being of his people, he heard, and then a burden began to come up in his heart. He began to say, what can I do to go back and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem? So we've learned a lot in these few weeks about a man uh, in terms of how to build. What does it take to build? And since we're in our own capital campaign, we've been looking at his life. And so uh, we have learned uh, the importance of vision. We understand that without a vision, the Bible says that the people perish. And we know in this particular case, in Nehemiah, his vision was to simply rebuild the walls. So Nehemiah gathered together a bunch of people. He, he planned, he strategized, and he gave a vision, and he mobilized the people to move forward. We understand that if we're going to accomplish what God has called us to do, we too must get behind a vision, and we must move as one. We also learn to not allow distractions to derail us from our assignment. How many know that whenever you're going to do anything of any significance for God, that the enemy will try to distract you? In fact, I believe that's how you know you're with God. That's how you know that you're doing something in the name of Jesus, because as soon as you want to make an impact for God, the enemy will try and distract you. So we always got to keep our focus on the big picture. Everybody say big picture. The important that we understand that because Nehemiah was a man, you're talking about distractions. I mean, his people were distracted all the time. I mean, there were people trying to manipulate him to get him to come down from building that wall. I mean, and, and not only that, church, but Nehemiah was under the threat of death. They were threatening him. They said, listen, Nehemiah, if you don't stop building this wall, we're going to kill you. And Nehemiah said, Nehemiah was, I'm going to tell you, Nehemiah was an amazing man, but Nehemiah knew what the enemy was trying to do. How do you know that the enemy is always barking? He's always threatening. That's how Satan works. So you can't be moved. You can't be stepping out of the way every time the enemy tries to, the enemy, the, he always try to war, the Bible says, and try to distract you and scare you. Fear is of the devil. How do you know fear is not of God? Oh, y'all didn't listen to me. Fear is not of God. So, so, so you can't walk in faith and walk in fear. One of them got to go. Y'all understand what I'm saying? It's important that we catch that because Satan wants to put us in fear because he sees, he knows that if we ever get a revelation of what could happen if we truly walk with God and believe God and be willing to step out on the deep end, he knows that he, he, he's defeated. He knows that great things will happen. And how many know that the church, we ought to know that, Amen. 
We learn also the importance of which, as we have been studying Nehemiah's life, we've learned the importance of unity. We talked about that last week, the power of working together. Under the leadership of Nehemiah, the people were united around his vision. And we talked last week about the people having a mind to work. What does it mean to have a mind to work? And we talked about that last week. But when all the people developed this mindset to get the job done and to get the work done, they were able to complete what God had given them because their mindset was, we have to get this done. We have to complete this. And it's amazing because what we've learned is that when people get on the same page, oh, church, if we can ever get everybody on the same page, I'm not talking about a few stragglers that's always talking about what we can't do, why are we doing this, why are we doing that. But, but if we can ever just get all of us get on the same page and say, okay, we're going to speak with one voice. How many know the Bible says there God commands the blessing? When everybody make a decision that we're in this together, look at your neighbor and say together. Come on, preach with me. Y'all got to preach with me. There's a few of y'all here today, so y'all got to preach loud. But, but, but so, so we got to understand this whole thing that, that it's about the power of unity, working together. And I believe that God turned the world upside down with 12 people and, and, and more than 12 in here today. I believe that God, we can turn Stafford upside down if we believe in our God. Is anybody hearing me this morning? Bible says, now I want to draw your attention to a particular verse. I, I love this verse. Because what we're going to do, we're going to go into Nehemiah, because I'm going to kind of give somewhat of a summary of what we've been talking about all month. But I'm going to do it in, within the context of completing what we started. In other words, if you want to write down the title of my message is, the title of my message is completing or the importance of completing what we started. Because how I many know there's nothing worse than starting something, getting excited, and then not finishing I mean, no, look at your neighbor and say, we got to finish. Oh, come on, look at your neighbor and say, we got to finish. <laughs> Philippians 1, 6 says, he who has began a good work in you will complete it. How many of you believe that the work God started in you, he's going to get it done? Now, I want you to understand something, because this is very, very important. Because that doesn't mean that while we sat, watch this church, idly by, God is going to give us all that we need. God is going to do it. See, what it really means, let me translate this for you. When it says that he who began a good work in you, watch this, that as we submit to his will, watch this, as we serve, as we sacrifice, as we give, as we love, as we act, seek, and knock, then God will open doors. How many know God has never used or did anything significant with an idle Christian? You just can't sit down and say, God, do it. God do it. That's how some of us do something. We just, I'm just going to sit back and say, see what God does. How many know that God expects you to be engaging in the process? Imagine if the early church would have, with Jesus Christ, and as he walked and he ministered on the earth, imagine if he had just kind of sat down and just waited for things to happen. See, how many know that as Jesus went, he did ministry? He touched the lives of people, and then as he went, God what? God opened doors and God did miracles. How many know, church, that as we serve, as we sacrifice, because how many know that we are co-laborers with Jesus? So that means that all of us have to get involved in what God is doing. Now, so then watch, as we are serving, as we are loving, as we are giving, as we are doing our part, then God will begin to open doors for us. 
So it was with Nehemiah. How many know that that wall didn't just get up by itself? They couldn't just sit back and say, well, let me see, let me just, let's just believe God and see the wall get set up. Now, how many know that they all got together, they formulated a plan, and they start hammering. And as they start hammering, God started opening doors for them. God gave Nehemiah favor. Things happened. Why? Because they were in sync with what God was doing. And so what I want you to understand something, church, we're not going to build. Listen, I want you to get this in your, in, in your, in your spirit. See, God works through our works of faith. Let me say that again because I said it too fast. God works through our works of faith. In other words, if there is no sacrifice, if there is no giving, there is no serving, there will be no building. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? It won't happen. Think about it in your own life. I mean, think about how God works and moves in your own life. God expects you to move. He expects you to serve. How many know the Bible says uh, uh, Enoch walked with God? And he was not because then God took him. Why? Because Enoch was walking with the Lord. Abraham, how many know that Abraham, God said, Abraham, I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to bless you. But how many know brother Abraham had to get up and leave? How many know it took an, a step of faith for brother Abraham? How many know it takes a step of faith for us to get what we believe in God for? So nobody can sit here and say, well, I'm not going to see what God's going to do. Then you've missed the whole point. Because God never works that way. Look through the totality of scripture. David, when he's slaying Goliath, David, somebody had to get out there and be willing to challenge a giant. Everybody else was what? Sitting there talking about how big and bad he was and hoping God moved. <laughs> David got the slingshot and, and he threw the sling and hit the giant in the forehead. And if anybody think the stone really killed Goliath, you're out of your mind. It was David's courageous faith. David stepped out. I don't want anybody to be under illusions here. If we're going to do this, we're going to do this together. But we have to take steps of faith to get there because it won't happen no other way. So our commitment to the mission that God has given us must be high and it must be resolute. And so I want to talk to you today. I want to look at a couple of things here with with regard to Nehemiah, because what we understand is, and this is amazing, that Nehemiah completed the wall. So it made me think, okay, so Lord, what is it that you want us to talk about today? What do you want to share with us today? And, and, and God said that he wanted me to focus on the completion. What does it take to complete a thing? He who has begun a good work in you will complete it. How do we know God is a completer? Oh, come on, work with me. God is a completer. So his children ought to think the same way. How many know procrastination is a, oh man, I'm going to talk about that here in a moment. I don't want to get ahead of myself. So let's kind of look at some things that we can learn as we get ready to close down this series with regard to Nehemiah and how he was able to have success in completing his mission to rebuild the walls around Jerusalem. First, we see that Nehemiah was determined to act. Everybody say act. A-C-T. Nehemiah was determined to act. Nehemiah went to the king. He went back to Jerusalem. He gathered the people together. And Nehemiah decided that he was going to do something about it. 
How many know that, that, that in the spirit of Isaiah, you remember when Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up in the train filled his temple? That's Isaiah chapter 6. And, and then the, a voice came out of the temple that said, you know, who will go for me? And Isaiah's reply was, God, I will go, send me. How many know that everyone in this room, how many know we need to make up in our mind that we're going to act? Nehemiah didn't just sit back. Listen, church, Nehemiah didn't just sit back and become a spectator. Nehemiah just didn't look at, he just didn't look at the problem and say, well, you know, oh, well, I'm going to wait and see if Brother Walter do it. Oh, well, I'm going to wait and see if Sister Diva do it. Oh, I'm just going to wait and see if Brother Edwin will do it. No. Nehemiah had made a decision. Nehemiah said, look, when he, when he got word, Nehemiah had made a decision. He said, I'm going to do something about it. I'm not just going to listen to the problem. I'm just not going to hear what it is we need. I'm going to take responsibility. Look at your neighbor and tell him, take responsibility. Come on. Tell him, take, take responsibility. Nehemiah, how were they able to complete that wall? They, listen, he was determined to do something about it, to act. And we all must be back. We all must be the same way. How many know that we can, we can sit back and hope something happens or we can step up and make it happen? Look at your neighbor and say, make it happen. Oh, hallelujah. Make it happen. Boy, I'm telling you, last week, I don't know about you, but boy, I felt some faith in the room last week. I, I, just, I just felt something in my spirit. I just sensed something big. I believe that this will be a turning point in the life of our church. The pastor, you've been saying that. Yes, I have been saying that. And I believe change is going to come. Look at your neighbor and say, change is going to come. Yeah, because I just know God rewards faith. Abraham waited some 20-some years before he got his promise. But it came. Sarah waited till she was an old woman, but she had a baby. Are oh, y'all hearing me? There is nothing too hard for the Lord. Amen. Amen. Nehemiah, the next point is Nehemiah didn't procrastinate. Everybody say procrastinate. And in verse number 11 in Nehemiah chapter 1, it says, he, he says this, O Lord, I pray, please let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant, to the prayer of your servants who desire to fear your name and let your servants prosper this day, I pray, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer. In other words, church, soon as Nehemiah heard how things were going, he decided that he was going before the king. In other words, he didn't wait. He didn't say, well, you know what? I know the people are in trouble over there, and, you know, but I'm going to wait till another time because, you know, I'm just going to see what happens down the road kind of thing, you know. Um, you know, Proverbs 3.28 says, do not say to your neighbor, go and come back and tomorrow I will give it when you have it with you now. How many of you know that Nehemiah believed that he was in a position to do it now? How many of you now, husbands, y'all can work with me, your wife been telling me, if you don't say I know your wife will, that, that there's been some project your wife been on your back to get done and you've been telling her now for one month, two months, three months, six months, it's been a year and it ain't got done yet. I hear some laughing back there. Yeah, and you know in your heart, you know you should have did it a long time ago, but you what? You procrastinated. Because, you know, something else came up. Can I tell you something right now in church? Something else is going to always come up. Y'all hear what I'm saying? So watch this, church. Nehemiah said, I'm going to go do something about this now. So here's the thing. If you have, like, for example, if you made a pledge last week, last week, if you made a pledge toward our Rise and Build Capital campaign, let me say this to you. If you have it now, well, some of you, well, I'm just going to wait. I got it, but I'm just going to wait and see. Uh-huh. Then what happened is you wait and see, then something else is going to come up. 
something else will come up. And then you, who knows, you may or may not do it. Here's my point. If God has spoken and you have it within your power to do it now, do it now. Why wait? Because you show your eagerness, you show your faith to God that you're serious about what you put up. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? That's how you show God you believe him. Nehemiah, they didn't didn't, uh, procrastinate. Let's not let procrastinate, procrastination get in the way of what God wants to do in us. Next point is that Nehemiah walked by faith and not by sight. (laughs) Nehemiah said here in chapter 2 of Nehemiah, verses 17 and 18, he said, then I said to them, Watch this, church. Listen to this. You see the distress that we are in. Now, this is when Nehemiah got the word of what was happening in Jerusalem. So he went back and he gathered some of the folks together and he looked at the place. He looked at it. And he saw how bad it was. Look what he says. He said, how Jerusalem lies waste. In other words, he said the whole place was floored, was level. It was a wasteland. And his gates are burned with fire. The people have been under siege. Many of the people have been taken to Babylon, and the ones who are there are struggling. Nehemiah looked at that situation, and most of us, honestly, if we look at the situation in the flesh, you'd be like, man, this this is over. This is a wasteland. Who would think like Nehemiah? Nehemiah looks at it, church, and Nehemiah says, y'all see how bad this thing looks? Y'all see how terrible this thing looks? You know what he said? Nehemiah said, okay, let us arise and build. What? Ne- what? Why? Because Nehemiah was seeing, watch this church, Nehemiah was seeing through the eyes of faith. See, Nehemiah, oh good, I got some keep popping up on my screen. Nehemiah, watch this church, Nehemiah saw the walls built up. He saw the people back in the, watch it, he saw the people back in Jerusalem. He saw the kids playing in the street. He saw his people happy. He saw his people delivered. And so when Nehemiah saw that, he didn't see that. He saw faith and he says, let us arise and build. And I'm sure that it was some of the folk who were sitting there looked at Nehemiah and said, did this joker have any clue? Does he have any clue? Pastor, you're talking about arise and build? Pastor, I mean, you look around, man, they got some empty seats. How are you going to pull it off? It's a wasteland. The walls are burned down, Pastor. I mean, seriously? Yes, absolutely. It is prime time for God to do something. If this church is ever going to move, it's going to move by faith. It's going to move by God's supernatural hand. It's going to move by God's supernatural. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying, church? So Nehemiah walked by faith. You got to do the same thing. As you're going through the process, as we're believing God for our own place, we got to start walking by faith. In other words, it's not about what I see. It's about what I believe. God is taking me. Are you hearing me? You hear what I'm saying? That's why the Bible says that you, you, you walk by faith and not by sight. Because you start walking by sight, man, you just, you'd be all messed up all the time. You're just a yo-yo. The devil going to yank you back. You'll never be right in your head. I'm just telling you, you'll never be right. Because the devil would the devil would see that all, all he got to do is show you something and you flinch. Because how many know the things of God are always spiritually discerned? So you got to catch it in the spirit. Nehemiah, watch this, church. Nehemiah wasn't afraid to try. <laughs> the odds were stacked against Nehemiah, right? 
Nehemiah decided that he was going to go for it. The odds were stacked against him. He had threats, threats for his life, people trying to manipulate him. He was in a foreign land. He was before a king. He didn't really know. He was put in that situation by force. And Nehemiah heard his people were under distress. He says, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to try. You know, I, hey, like, like y'all remember Esther? Esther said, if I perish, I perish, but I'm going to go do something about it. I got, look at them say, we got to try. You got to try. As I said before, fear of failure can be a powerful, can be so powerful in our lives. I believe that fear is the great immobilizer. You see, the, the Bible says, you see, it would it, be much better if, Better off if we try something and fail than to try nothing at all. I don't know about you, man. I don't think God's going to punish me for trying to walk in faith. Y'all hear what I'm saying? God, I, I, I can become to say, God, well, look, I walked by, at least I was willing. Hey, hey Peter said, I don't know if I'm going to walk on the water, but I'm getting up out of this boat. Y'all hear what I'm saying? And how do you know Peter walked on water while everybody else was probably looking at Peter and said, that boy crazy. What is he doing? Why is he going to get, I mean, is he nuts? Peter said, no, I'm getting out of the boat. He said, y'all can stay in here, but I'm going to at least try. I'm going to give him my best shot. Whatever you do, do heartily as unto the Lord. And what? Watch this. Not unto what? Men. You got to try. Just can't sit back and go, oh, gosh, what's going to happen to Oh, That devil is a liar. Nehemiah said, I'm going for it, man, because I believe that what God wants to do and what he can do for this city is greater than me sitting here just wishful thinking and endowed and full of. Um, I believe that what God has for this people is great and it's worth me getting off my butt and making some choices to go for it. I'm going to go look at the name and say, go for it. Some of you right now, God has been telling you to go for something. You're stuck where you are right now because you're afraid to try. You won't even, you're afraid to fail. Some of you, are, your careers are on hold. You're not doing the thing God called you to do because you are afraid to fail. I don't want that commentary. I don't want that narrative in my life. I want, I want to accomplish what God put in my soul to accomplish. I'd rather be rambunctious and way out there than to sit back and just talk about what God is doing in everybody else's life except mine. Y'all hearing me? Oh, what God is doing in everybody else's church except mine. Come on, church. We need, we need to look at the name and say, we got to step it up. See, Nehemiah's words matched his faith. Here's another thing we learned about Nehemiah in terms of why he was able to complete that wall. His words matched his faith. At no time, and I, I went back and I studied, and I went back and I looked and I looked at Nehemiah. With all the threats that he was enduring, with all the manipulation that he had to endure, with all the opposition he faced, with even a, there was a point in time when the people start complaining over in Nehemiah chapter 5, with all that happening, at no time did I ever see or read where Nehemiah said, I don't know, man, if I can, we can build this thing. I don't know now. I know I told y'all God gave me a vision, but boy, I, this is hard. At no time, go back and look at it. If somebody can find it, we come back and tell me. Please. At no time did I see Nehemiah speak words of doubt at no point in time. How many know that when the children of Israel was about to go into the land that God had promised them, God sent Moses, God through Moses, sent 12 spies to spy out this gorgeous, beautiful land. And 10 of the 12 spies came back with a negative report. 
Now, I want you to understand how bad negativity. Negative, those people were excited. They were happy about what God was doing. All of a sudden, negative words that came from 10 out of the 12 stopped the whole move of God. Everything stopped. Could you imagine that if Nehemiah, man, they're building this wall and things are happening, people have been sacrificing, man. People have been giving. People have been serving. And then somewhere in the middle of the project, Nehemiah goes, ah, God, ah, <laughs> hold on for a second. Maybe, how many know that would have been demoralizing? So here's what I'm trying to say. How many know we got to speak what we believe? Around this place, the constant conversation, can I educate you this morning? Say amen. If I, can I, the conversation it should, be, it should go something like this. When we move into our new facility, when we move into our new facility, when, our next, when, when that time comes in 2019, when we move in our new facility, I can't wait till 2019 get here. When, not if, are you hearing me? Now watch. Now, so I'm giving you the authority as your pastor. If somebody say if, then you can smack them. No, I'm just kidding. Kind of. So you shake them up and say, what are you talking about? If, what, what's wrong with you? We're one, brother. We're one. We need you to walk with me. If, you're gonna, if you ain't going to walk with me, brother, step out of the way. But don't be raining on my parade. I'm one, I want to believe God. Don't rain. Don't get mad at me because I'm walking in faith. You keep your faithless self to yourself. But let me soar with the power of God. Let me soar with the Holy Spirit. Let me see God's glory. I want to see it. I want to see it manifest even when it don't look like it's coming to pass because I've seen time and time again in my Bible when I read, God always do significant things through people who are not all that in the bag of chips. Just some folks that say, Lord, I believe you. Lord, I believe you. Lord, I believe you. Lord, I believe you. Great things are going to happen. Great things are going to come to pass. Is anybody believing like that? See, Nehemiah he inspired others to join the work. Here's another point. He inspired others to join the work. In verses 16 and 17, in Nehemiah chapter number 2, and the officials did not know where I had gone or what I had done. He didn't tell nobody. I just told a couple of people what God had put in his heart. He said, I had not yet told the Jews, the priests, and the nobles, and the officials, and the others who did the work. Then I said to them, then, then he told them, you see the distress. And he said, you see what's going on. You see the reproach. Now let's go and build this wall. Well, here's what Nehemiah did. See, Nehemiah said, okay, here's what he did. He communicated with the leaders, the noble, the folks that had influence. He showed them. He said, okay, here's the situation. Now watch what's happened. So all these folks that had influence, these nobles, these leaders, these Jews, and all these people that Nehemiah told, they went back and told other people. Then other people went back and told other people. And then you go back and look in Nehemiah chapter 3. The whole chapter is about all the people that decide to join the party. Everybody say join the party. See, how many know that your enthusiasm will cause other people to join the party? Everybody say enthusiasm. Y'all remember the woman that Jesus told, the woman at the well, he, he told her, he said, look, I know everything about you, woman. He said, you got some issues, you got some problems. And this woman was so fired up, she went back to a whole city and said, y'all, and she didn't even have to preach. She didn't know theology. She just said, look, come see a man that told me everything I ever did. The Bible said a whole bunch of people came. Why? Let me tell you why. Because she was enthusiastic. 
her enthusiasm motivated folks. And, and, and I believe right here that when Nehemiah told some folks, they got motivated, they went back and told some other folks, they got motivated, and all of a sudden, things started happening. Nehemiah realized that he couldn't pull this off by himself. See? He realized that he needed other people. See, how many know that we must enlist others as a church to help in the work of building God's kingdom? Number one, we're called to do that, church. It's how the kingdom is run. It's how God's kingdom is, is, is progressing in the earth because we're communicating. We're sharing the love of God. We are building relationships. We're becoming contagious Christians, right? We're building relationships. We're meeting other people. We're inviting them to come to church. We're witnessing about Jesus. We're building these relationships to introduce them to Christ. We're doing all of these amazing, wonderful things. And what happens is other people will start joining in to the work. Just like I sit there last night on my Facebook page and I invited some other people to join in the work. And watch this, church. Some of them ain't saved. Some of them don't even go to church. But they know me. They got a relationship with me. So I'm going to invite them to join what God is. You never know that perhaps that when we win, we move into our new facility, they might just decide to come on out and check it out. Because they invested in it. Y'all tracking with me. So we, it just can't be about us. We got to be always reaching out for other people. We got to fill the seats in this room. We got to get out there. We got to share. We got to communicate. We got to be contagious. We got to be contagious. Nehemiah remembered God through the whole process as it relates to completing this wall. He prayed throughout. You hear that if you go back and you study and as we've been talking about this all month, Nehemiah constantly prayed, Lord, strengthen us. Lord, see how they mock us. Lord, forgive us. Lord, help us. Lord, destroy our enemies. Nehemiah prayed throughout. And I said last week, and it's worth saying here again, I want you to pray a lot about this capital campaign. I want you to, I mean, if you can come on Wednesdays, great. But if you're saying to yourself right now, you've already made up your mind, because I know how people think, I ain't coming to Wednesday prayer. But if you don't come to Wednesday prayer, do me a favor. Every single day, as much as you can, pray that God provide everything we need in order to get our new facility. You see, if you made a pledge, for an example, pray and ask God to help you meet your pledge. And if you're able to meet the plan, say, Lord, bless me with more so I can give more. Does anybody believe that they can outgive God? Does anybody believe they can outgive God? Nah, we can't outgive God. Giving to God's work is a safe place, safe bet. So we need to pray. We need to keep praying. We need to keep praying because all we want, we want, we want it to be known, we want it to be stated time and time again that God is the one that is doing this work. And at no point in time that when it happens, I don't want nobody thinking at all. I don't want nobody even for one second that our power got us anything. I won't listen to me. This is one of our points. I want to make sure that God get every ounce of glory because it is due him. That's my life. That's what I want. See, Nehemiah was in his people as it relates to completing this wall. Nehemiah and his people was determined to finish. First Psalm 14, Nehemiah 4, he told them, he said, I look and I rose and I said to the nobles, to the leaders, and to the rest of the people, 
Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, and your wives. Fight. Paul said, I fought a good fight. I finished my race. I finished my course. How many know that it's a fight? When you're talking about trying to save people's lives, it's a fight. When you're talking about trying to win souls to Jesus, it's a fight. When you're talking about trying to get people in the house of God and change people's lives and get them off drugs, get them off prostitution, get them off addictions, and get them off of all kinds of sins, this is spiritual warfare. It's hard. It's a fight. But you know what what Nehemiah said when he was building his wall? Because he realized that that wall represented something that was bigger than they. He he realized that it it, it represented the power of God, the protection of God, the peace of God, the favor of God, the presence of God. He realized that, and, and their mindset was, we are going to finish this. Come hell or high water, we are determined to get it done. How many know we need to have that kind of determination? Ma'am, but we go, boy, I am getting mad. We're going to do it. Nehemiah said, because how many know that if they weren't determined, they would have quit. But all them threats and people threatening to kill them and all this stuff going, all their enemies, they would have quit. But, you know, they were determined. They, got, they were so determined that we had a hammer in one hand, they had a sword in the other, and they were knocking and building. And at the same time, they had a sword because they said, man, we're going to finish this work. If I got to stab you in the process to get you off my back, devil, I'm going to finish what God had told me to do. I can't stop. I got to get it done. Has anybody ever been determined about anything? You know, you know I'm, I'm like one of those men when I get my mind made up about something. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Man, I'm just, I'm all in. I'm either all out or I'm all in. But boy, if you ever get me all in, bro, I'm all in. That's the way I go. I just, I'm all the way in. Especially when I believe that God is with me. Next point, I only got one or two more and I'm done. The joy of completion motivated them throughout the process. Now look at verse number 15, Nehemiah 6. Look at this. Watch this, church. Y'all listen and say amen. It says, so the wall was finished in 52 days. <laughs> Many of the scholars believe that was a complete and total miracle. These guys, the walls are all burnt in 52 days. So it, it speaks to the power of unity and together what one can accomplish. Church, this was absolutely stunning. And everybody knew there was no way. You're talking about 52 days. They ain't going to be able to get it done in a year. I mean, this is, they're not going to be able to. 52 days. Let me tell you why. Because I believe they were motivated about the vision that they saw. You remember that vision I gave you earlier about Jerusalem being the children coming back in the street, the walls are being built, the people under protection, God's glory is there. And, and I believe that the motivation, they kept thinking about that, kept thinking about, oh man, man, what it's going to be like when those walls get built. And, and everything that they was facing, they just kept looking up. Every time they, they kept looking up and they kept seeing the motivation. You know, Jesus, the Bible says that for the joy, I believe this is Hebrews, I believe, uh, this is uh, Hebrews, I believe, chapter 12, 12, 2. It says that for the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross. Jesus endured the cross because he saw that you and I would get delivered. So for the joy that was set before him, he endured. And I believe that in something in the same vein, that they were so motivated that they got it done in 52 days. What's our motivation? I want you to think about this as we're going through it. What's Foundation Church's motivation? One, we can invite family and friends to our church. Everybody say our church. And not to a school. 
As we had a family recently say, it's just hard for me to imagine church being in a school. Y'all remember the family said that? We have freedom to advertise whenever we want. Freedom to have events whenever we want. Can go and come as we please. We can have parties and weddings and other activities in our building. Our own sanctuary where we can decorate and beautify. We can beautify it as we want. We don't have to move a chair. Look at the neighbor and say amen. No tear down, no dragging around equipment. Come on, church. None of that. Let that be your motivation. For every time you get tired, for every time you have to come in here and set up, think about it. Nobody has to worry about set up. The media team, nobody. All you got to do is walk in your church on Sunday. Everything is set. Open the, key, get, open the door, brother. Open the door. Bam. There we go. All set up. All we got to do is walk in and execute. Just look at the name and say execute. That's all you got to do, execute. You don't even have to move the iPad. You don't have to move nothing. You don't have to move the camera. You don't have to move a seat. We can put up nice, and you know, you know Chris is a decorator. She could put up some nice pictures on the wall, some nice flowers on our, 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 our pulpit. And just, everybody say, and leave it. That sounds good. Oh, man, we can set up rooms in our, 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 our vestibule. We can set it up however we want to. I felt we can do it. It's ours. We do what we want. Let it be your motivation. And I believe that they got it done. That's why I say I'm believing God we get it done sooner. Because we get so, the tighter you get, the more y'all to sow. <laughs> the tighter you get, man, keep working toward it. And keep seeing that picture. Man, I see it. I see it. Brother, it's within reach. And we're going to keep you. We're going to keep you posted along the way. That's why everybody go out there. Not only do you give and you sow, but you tell everybody you know. Everybody, look, every, every, listen, the worst, what's the worst thing people can say? No, I ain't donate. That's the worst. But if you get two or three to say, man, I donate. And if you hit the right one, you never know what could happen. Amen. Everybody say amen. You just never know. Because God does crazy things. I was listening to Rob Morris, and he said one time they were going through the building campaign. He got a large church over in Texas, a huge, a huge mammoth of a church, and they needed, he needed like $100,000 in quick order. One person stepped up and called him and said, you know, and he was short. He didn't have it. And he was under pressure. He was sick. He was giving the whole testimony. He said, God, he said, I want to meet with you. He had no idea what he walked into. He said, look, the Lord spoke to me to give a whole $100,000, give you what you need. He almost fell out. You never know what God to do. You never know. That's why you walk by faith and not by what? Oh, church. Lastly, and we're done. Lastly, I said this earlier. It was for the glory of God. Nehemiah said this. Look at this. In verse 16, Nehemiah chapter 6. And it happened when all of our enemies heard of it. And all the nation around us saw these things, that they were very disheartened. Ain't that something? There are always going to be people. You know, when God does a great work, people get mad about it. Y'all know that? We'll be happy. There'll be some people that will be mad about it because they don't want to see God's people prosper. Watch this. And, and it happened when all our enemies heard of it and all the nation around us saw these things, that they were very disheartened in their own eyes. Watch this. For they perceived that this work was done by God. God. Did y'all hear that? They perceived, they said, man, 
this is crazy. They did, they knocked this out in 52 days. Something, this ain't right. This is not normal. And Nehemiah's goal was to make sure that they knew that God did it. And boy, I am so for, I am looking forward to the day that all of us can stand up in our own place and we can say, man, look what God did. And I'm going to tell everybody, look what God, look what, look what God did. Look what God did. And then some of, some of folk can be like, man, what? I remember, man, I was there not too long ago, man, such and such. What happened? I was thinking the same thing. Anybody familiar with Grace Church over in Dumfries, Virginia? So my wife and I had visited uh, uh, Grace Church when they were meeting, I want to say, one of the high schools in Prince William County. My wife and I visited this back in 2004. I still got the message that he preached. And, and I remember walking the building. I thought to myself, and I saw some books. There. Everything was neat. The ministry was really organized, just like ours. See how neat and how organized we are and all that? And, and, and I thought to myself, I said, man, this is amazing. I said, uh, but, it was, but something bothered me. I said, man, me see like the good preaching. Everything seems to be well put together. I mean, he's a writer, but they had just a few more people than we have right here. Honestly. Just a few. And I remember the lady kind of cornered me and she was trying to get me and my wife to join. And like, you know, there's like a couple of people, like, you know, because they were like glad to see somebody walk into place. Um, that was back in 2004. Today, they're running about, I don't know, 2,000, 3,000 people. And, and I'm sure there were some people, and I, and I was one of those that said, Man, what in the world happened? We saw him on TV. We remember, we went over, we remember, what, what, what happened? God moved. When God moved, see, while all the mother jokers sitting on the sideline talking, running them off, when God moves, you want to make sure that you're in it. You want to get caught up in, I, I don't know about you, I want to be a part of it. When he moved, I want to be able to say, I was there. I was one of those that stayed. I was one of those that stayed the course. I was one of the few, and boy, I got to see the whole thing. Because it's a God thing. Look at your neighbor and say, it's a God thing. The walls were finished because Nehemiah was determined to act. Nehemiah didn't procrastinate. Nehemiah walked by faith, not by sight. Nehemiah wasn't afraid to try. Nehemiah's words matched his faith. Nehemiah inspired others to the work. Nehemiah remembered God through the process. Nehemiah and his people were determined to finish. The joy of completion motivated them to finish. Nehemiah and the people did it for the glory of God. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Father, in the name of Jesus, God.